0: Redefining
1: Possible, the game-changing guide to overcoming barriers and accomplishing your goals, is now available in a newly revised and expanded edition. Author, Ron
0: Alford. There were some very specific updates that we wanted to work on, and the goal was to take this from really good to great. The overriding theme is impact. What does significance really mean? The character traits that I want to be known for that I wanted this book to be about, things like vision, having a purpose for one's life, things like how do I plan my time more effectively, how do I have boundaries, things like how do I reframe beliefs. These are truths that bring my mind back to center, stuff that people can use not just in the boardroom, but things they can use when they go home with their own children or when they have their own routines or their own quiet time where they're wrestling with their thoughts. Redefining Possible will inspire you to get outside of your box and live a happier, healthier life when you order Redefining Possible today at redefiningpossible.com. Welcome to the Action Catalyst. We look forward to sharing with you today a special episode. It's part two of an eight week ongoing series featuring the exciting new book, Redefining Possible. This is week two, and in this episode, we'll interview the former Southwestern consulting coaching client featured in Redefining Possible. He's a wealth management advisor for Northwestern Mutual, and his insights on how he sharpened his focus are truly inspirational. Hope you enjoy. All right, everybody, we've got Tyler Jelseth. Tyler, you're specifically featured in our Sharpening Your Focus chapter of the Redefining Possible book, and a lot of your background, a lot of your story, your transformation, your growth is why we put you in the book and uh it'll be fun hearing you speak to that so can you just to start us off can you maybe just give us a little background of how you you started with northwestern mutual kind of how you got into that whole arena you're a wealth advisor now but just maybe kind of how your track record's gone up till today
1: yeah well first of all ron i really appreciate you having me on real believer in everything you guys are doing yeah basically graduated college kind of make a a pretty long story short but graduated college in 2000 end, end of 2011 started with Northwestern Mutual here in uh, March of 2012. So, a few months after I graduated, honestly knew nothing about the industry, wasn't looking to get into the industry, was actually on a path to potentially get into medicine, go to Fed school, kind of went through the process and said, Hey, I'll give this a shot. Pushed kind of the shove, and here we are, you know, I guess eight, eight nine years later. But yeah, that's kind of how I got started in the business and kind of getting thrown into it and drinking from a
0: fire hose and a lot to learn. But that's kind of how I first got started. Speak to your growth because I think your story, I love the fact of how how much has shifted since you started. And even just for you to say that this wasn't your, your natural calling, at least that you knew of. I think a lot of our listeners are all of a sudden, you pull your head up and you're like, wow, I'm in this industry. I didn't really plan as a kid. Um, but for you to plant both feet, for you to dig in. And for you to kind of, you know, really grow you for, for those you guys that don't know Tyler's background, of course, he's a really ranked nationally within the Northwestern mutual world and has grown in the Washington area and the Northwest to be one of the top wealth managers there is. for you to not even know that you were going to get into sales. How did you get both feet dug in so quickly? Well, I think it's a few things that I, I think, you know, I, I got off when I first started, I would
1: say I, I got off to a, a pretty good start. I think we'll probably talk more about this, but you know, a few things kind of hit me. Uh, probably a couple of years, a year and a half, two years into starting this. What, I think when you're first starting at anything, it's obviously everything can do. But but what for me, um, I think one of the things that really kind of um, was a was a aha moment was: um, is this going to be a job or is it going to be a career? And it's easy, I think in any type of sales uh career or job that uh you 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 just view it as selling but and i kind of struggled with that in my early years and it took a couple of years for me to understand really the true impact that we can have on our clients' lives and the areas that we can truly help them. So I think what's really key with almost any career or, or better yet, a calling, you know, hopefully, you know, people are working in what they view, they view as a calling of theirs, but you've got to have a, a strong belief in what you're actually providing to the people you're working with. And I think it took me a couple of years to really buy into that and, and really start to understand the impact that we could have on on. And Even if, you know, people don't become clients, even if you have a cup of coffee, you know, how can I add value? Even if I'm going to be only, only talking to this person for 30 minutes or 40, 45 minutes or 15 minutes, can I somehow, you know, make them feel better than when they sat down with me? even if it's a short window of time. But um, the other thing I would say is, um, you know, and and this sounds cliche, we've heard a lot of this the last five, 10 years, but just going back to your why, and it's clearly, you know, I think a lot of times in business and in sales, we're, we're always focused on the what and the how, but I really do believe that there's gotta be a strong purpose behind why are you getting up every morning and going and doing what you're doing and you know for me you know I'm, I'm a faith guy and so you know love to give as much as as much as we can and so that's definitely one of my whys is um uh, helping others you know obviously my family is huge um i think you know another another big shift that occurred in our lives was when we had our first son um late back in 2016 and i remember vividly that i was you know i was home for a few weeks right when he was born and that was great of course but i can remember that first day going back into the office and just thinking on that drive in you know it's it's different now than it was three weeks ago because you know even today of course i've got two boys two young boys now and and you know when i leave each morning they know dad's going to work and um any, but well, the way I view it, any minute I'm here at the office or at work is a minute I'm not with them, and so I better make it count. You know, if I'm if I'm telling them I'm going to work, I better go and get stuff done. You know, and that's just kind of been a something that stood with me since since having kids, of course but um i know you know the, this chapter is, is about the focus piece and that that was huge as well which is something that you and i really really narrowed in on and time management is huge and that's where you know we had several discussions a few years ago around w- what are you really doing with your time being busy doesn't mean you're getting anything done and that was a real um eye-opener for me just looking at you know yeah you're at the office but what are you actually getting done and it it could be easy to go to the office for eight hours and send emails respond to emails and you know check your fantasy football lineup and you know all, all this stuff that we can the water cooler talk and and but so that was huge is going through that exercise and also looking at the that whole what's your time worth exercise when you actually calculate down to the hour or the minute what your time is actually worth that was pretty eye-opening to me and i think one thing that i've done decently well since i've started was not being afraid to invest in other people to help with some of the activities and things that need to get done but but shouldn't be done by me and really focusing my time on again the activities you know I get those quadrant four activities but important it's not always urgent but um, the stuff that you know is going to generate new business um, the, the activities that are going to have the biggest impact on your growth and that's really where I started to focus my time and really try to delegate all the other stuff to other people on my team but I think that that was a huge eye opener for me. The other part of the focus was, was it also the approach that I had in terms of which types of clients, you know, was I, um, I guess, try to get in front of clients or prospects. And that was also, you know, really started to be very, very specific in terms of who are the people that we can add the most value to. And, uh, instead of taking a shotgun approach, you know, definitely taking more of a sniper approach with who, who we're trying to bring on as a client. And, uh, it's a win-win because we can offer, you know, our, our services are, are probably a better fit for some people over others, just depending on. So, you know, we work with a lot of business owners, a lot of, you know, people that are close to retirement or in retirement and, and so. I guess tightening up that focus as well in, in terms of, um, you know, what type of people should we be in front of and not just anybody and everybody, you know? So those are definitely a few things that I, that I reflect back on and and really um, attribute a lot of the growth
0: we've seen to. Yeah. And it's, you you said it well, it's never ending, man. Uh, You, I'm curious, just knowing your heart and knowing your upbringing because you did talk about your why. And I think for all of our listeners, we obviously hear that we're familiar with that. We know how important purpose is and and the clarity of our vision. And one of the things we talk a lot about with clients is that the endurance we have in life is directly related to the clarity of my vision. And so my endurance to be a patient dad, my endurance to be, uh, to hit those phones, to, to get to the gym early tomorrow morning, even though I've got a full day of meetings to whatever, you know, if I've got a very clear vision, I can get so much more out of it. Um, so you're in a world so here's my question. You're in a world where Northwestern Mutual is big, like a lot of companies in tracking. You have your specific goals on your dials, your meetings set, meetings kept, you know, referrals, et cetera. Um, how do you keep that clear focus on serving lives and changing lives and just really making a difference in the world, yet at the same time, embrace the numbers? Because you're, you're kind of ch- churning out numbers each week, but yet you got to really focus on how you can make a difference.
1: Yeah, you know, that's, a, that's a great question. Um, you know, I, I think that again kind of maybe cliche but when you're truly you know i was raised you know fortunately with with parents that you know both from north dakota uh i grew up on both of them on farms and so you know work work ethic was instilled in my brother and i from from day one but um but it's also integrity and um and so you know balancing the numbers with making sure we're we're serving people well i think that you know it kind of goes back to what i said earlier of of we know that not everybody is going to become a client for one reason or another. Maybe it's their choice, maybe it's ours, you know, but our purpose I really believe is that, you know, we just add value wherever we can, especially of course, when it comes to people's financial lives. And, um, you know, we, we have tried to kind of, when you first start in this industry, it's probably more, you know, a little more of those activities than it might look like now. But, um, you know, today I would say that, um, I feel like we've really got the team set up, our team, you know, we've got nine of us here now. And so being able to balance that that high quality service it goes back to that delegating and making sure that, you know, we want clients to all know our team and the great people we have working here. And I think that allows us to kind of balance the um, the volume while still keeping up with our promise to people of taking care of them and really building a long term relationship with them and their and their family um,
0: and hopefully that helps answer that question a little bit. So hey, go so you go into your morning because I'm I'm thinking back to you your morning routine. Like you know, for you, a lot of it I think is getting our head right and our heart right. And like anybody that's driven, you you can't accomplish the things that you have accomplished without having this this fire, this, this healthy, you know, this competitive nature, this, this, you know, type, you know, kind of type a spirit of like, let's go get it. Come on. Um, yeah. Yet if you kind of go into the day and just start crushing numbers, it, it can, we can get off. And so for you, I remember you really were, were very specific about your focus of how you started your mornings and anything you can speak to that, like, that you've done. It's helped. Yeah. Well, I just, you know, I kind of been, envision a
1: pyramid and i'll come back to the morning thing i promise um but so if you look at a pyramid i look at three rows uh, on the pyramid the very top triangle would be one of the big goal we have made it for your career uh, or, or an annual goal production goal that's that's really the for at least for that time period the end goal that you want to accomplish. The second row would be kind of your business activities needed to achieve that goal. So that might be the metrics like how many dials do I need to make, how many, you know, new introductions do I need to get. Those are those are kind of the second row. That are going to help you get to that that you know that big goal you have. But I think the the bottom row of the pyramid is the most important, and those are things like your your fitness, your diet, your relationships, your family, um, you know, faith. If you're if you're a person of faith, that would also be under there. And I think that unless that bottom row is in order, you it's very tough to get up and go to work and be tell yourself that you can be fo- truly focused on achieving your professional goals. I think a person has to have, you know, we're not, none of us are perfect in those areas, but I think to, to kind of answer your question, you know, like the morning thing, I know for a fact I'm going to have way more energy to do the things I want to do, accomplish at work each day and with my family. If I get a workout in, in the morning and I'm definitely not, you know, 100% at that and I don't think, you know, it's, a lot of people aren't but um if I want to be my best that day I know it should start with a workout and so you know typically it's it's up at quarter to five or so the alarm clock goes off and um, even if it's you know a short 20-30 minute you know jog or whatever that might be to get the, get the blood flow and I also think mentally you know that's just it's a, it's a place where you're obviously not talking to a bunch of people and what other what other times throughout the day do you have that time especially with young kids um you know where you just got kind of to have that to yourself and you can truly think about what what's what's on the horizon for the day and what do you what do you need to get done and what do you want to get done that day and I think I'm a, you know. A, Being a sports guy, you know, it's almost – it sounds kind of silly, but, you know, that that drive into the office each morning is kind of just – you got to kind of get your mind right for what you're going to accomplish that day or else it's very easy to show up and and just, like I said earlier, just kind of be there, but you're not really accomplishing much. And it's now kind of the point where, you know, uh, and there's days, of course, we all have days where we don't get done what we hope to, or we, our meetings didn't go as we planned or, you know, that's all, that's all stuff that of course still happens to all of us. But, um, I just want to be able to drive home every day knowing that, I left it all out there and at least gave myself an opportunity to get the stuff done that I I was hoping to. And I think it all starts in the morning, um, with how you start the day. And, um, and that's probably different for everybody, but you know, for me, it's, it's getting the blood flowing and, 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 uh, ideally getting into the, into into something, into the word for a few minutes. Um, even if it's a verse or two, but, um, yeah, that's, that's kind of
0: how I'd answer that question. Yeah, well said. That's that's what I remember a lot. I I think to me, when you speak about that, it makes me feel like what you're doing is very sustainable. Like I think anybody can kind of force short-term growth if just you know you can come up with some sort of gimmicky, manipulated uh, goal. That but then there's this roller coaster. So many people live this roller coaster mentality, and you know you have got great morning habits. I remember that throughout our journey, no matter what you were going through. No matter whether it was when you were you and Angela were married with no kids, to where then you had kids, your your title changed a little bit. Some of your focus at work changed, but one thing you always had was your attention to how you started your day. And there's just something about getting your mind right and getting your heart right. I think you've been a really good example of that. A question for you on focus uh, as your life changes, <laughs> because you you had tremendous growth in terms of income and and premium investments, etc. While you know, going from no kids to one kid to two kids, et cetera. By definition, when you add things to your plate, production, staff, children, not in that order, uh, <laughs> you have to say no to things. I think one of the biggest skills of someone that's growing and not burning out is the ability to say no. And so for you, you you have had a great heart on that. You, you really worked hard to say no to things that just aren't aligned with your purpose. Um, you made a difficult decision for a while there, you were thinking about getting deeper into leadership and then decided to kind of shift. Can you maybe just speak to some of the things you've said no to in life or how you have that courage? Cause a lot of us are people pleasers. We struggle to to say no to anything. And, and you have really worked hard on that.
1: Yeah. You know, I think of course the, the simple way to put it is go for what we all hear is there's so many hours in the day. Right. And going back to, um, Again, when we had our first son, Layton, you know that that before then I could, you know, I mean Angela probably wouldn't prefer it, but you know I could have got home at seven o'clock from work, and you know I could have, know, I, I had probably I definitely had more time to get the stuff that I wanted to before we had kids, right? And I, that's probably true for everybody, but just that that change of kind of what I mentioned earlier of the way you view time, and I you know I still remember that. That whole session we had on on time and and some of the the pages that we we looked at there and and just seeing and not that it's all about you know what your time is worth and all that financially but but it's it's either you know with your family or you know it's it's that work but I think that for from the 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 choice I made with within Northwestern Mutual a few years ago was you know I was also mentoring some people at the time within our within our company and, but also, you know, focusing on my own personal practice. And I just felt like I was giving maybe 70% to both. And I just did not want to, you know, I didn't, I didn't feel like it was, uh, you know, the, the people I was mentoring deserve better than 70% of my effort. And also my clients deserve better than 70%. And so I just think there's times where you, even though it would be great to be involved in as many different things as possible but um going back to the focus thing is, is just uh, it's impossible to to have too many goals or be involved in too many things and, i mean for each person it just depends on what's your what are you ultimately looking to accomplish uh with either your obviously your time but you know with your career and um, and clearly you know family is a big one for a lot of us and so um, yeah i've just you know you have to say no. Yeah, it's just it's just the just a fact.
0: You know. So no, yeah. Yeah. Well said. I, I would add, you have to say no if you want to stay aligned with your vision. <laughs> yeah. You don't have to say no. Yeah, I'm a week, and I've jeez, and that's me saying that from a lot of my, the tougher times of my life where I've struggled to say no, and then I wake up and realize, jeez, what, wh- where have I been off course? And then it's because I'm saying yes to too many things. I love your 70% analogy too, where sometimes we, we want to be the jack of all trades, but a master of none. And sometimes it's like, you know what, I'm going to, I'm going to really focus on these four areas instead of being a little less than in these eight areas. Uh, you yeah. for our listeners, it might be something different, you know, maybe for them, it's, you don't need to have eight workouts a week. You don't need to have, I, I don't know what it is, but they're, they're, for each person, there's things you can say no to you. You also have had a fascination with pushing ego aside. Um. And I've really been impressed the way you have been able to kind of give up control and really study. Okay, if I can, if I can work hard to to build this person up I work with and empower them, they end up taking on more, and that frees you up. And that way, you, you get to do what you do best, which is get in front of new people and change lives. Um, was that easy for you, the giving up control thing, or is that something you've you've just had good examples, or how have you done that? Definitely not easy. Uh, and that's, that's probably one of the things, um, that is a constant,
1: you know, I wouldn't say struggle, but it's, it's something that we're always trying to be mindful of, you know, myself and my, uh, my business partner now, you know, it's, uh, if you know that, you know, these are your strengths or these are the things that you like doing, or these are the things that are going to, you know, cause you to, you know, maximize profits within whatever industry you're in, you have to. Figure out how can you get more time for yourself to do those things. And in our industry, you know, we're we're all independent contractors. So you know, when we want to hire somebody, it's coming straight out of our pocket. And it definitely, you know, takes takes some faith and some courage to do that. And I think you know, I can remember back when I first uh, I, I started in two thousand twelve, and and uh, and I had my first team member in twenty thirteen, and. I think I, you know, I attribute a lot of it, you know, just to, um, I've had great mentors here at Northwestern, but my wife Angela as well has always been super supportive, even though, you know, it's like, oh, we could have brought home this this month, but now we're paying someone and started with, it started with someone at 10 hours a week. I shared with two other advisors. I, I only was entitled to 10 hours a week of that first time. And now we're up to nine people, you know, seven people with the ex- CW and myself, but I'll never forget someone in our, in our, in our industry or our company said, you know, when I first started it, it they said, if you think that you're ready to hire someone, you're six months late. So the whole point was, you know, we all need help a lot faster than we think we do. And it, it is a bit, but you know, if that frees you up to be able to do more things that that, that are going to cause growth within your, your company or
0: your, your role, then you have to make those investments. Mm. Yeah. Well said, Ed. And I, th- I think there's two parts. One is the courage. I love how you said it, I Matt. Mean, that- and that's powerful, man. You started in 2012. By one year later, 2013, you already had staff. You already had made the decision to invest. And and how many of us would have been just, you know, in a place where it's like, ah, I don't have the income yet to start spending. Um but there's also the flip side. So one is it takes courage to spend that money to, to grow, invest in yourself basically. But then number two is the time that's freed up honoring that time. And, and now that you have someone taking things off your plate, you, you now by nature should have that extra, let's say you're hiring them for 10 hours, you're going to have at least five to eight hours a week extra. Will you yep. hit the phones, having accountability to, to do those income producing activities that helped your production grow? Um, I'm sure Angela, looking back now, is thankful she was so willing to, <laughs> you, willing to, because yeah. you grow like crazy. You have helped a lot of people, you know? So, dude, I I just I have one one other question for you, man. And just I think right now we're in a time where so many people are searching, and you know, so many people have a lack of clarity or have had some severe setbacks in their family. Um, maybe it's business and income. Maybe it's just what they feel inspired to do or called to do. But for anybody that's going through valleys, that's going through challenges, what what would you say to speak to that? Just in terms of things you've gotten through, things you've seen. You study your clients' lives too, man. I know you get very personal with a lot of your clients and not only Tyler's life, but you've got a lot of people in their thirties, forties, fifties, sixties that are going through severe, big decisions and, and, and challenges. Anything you would pass on to all of our listeners that have helped you or you've seen help get people through that?
1: Yeah. Well, you know, I think I'm a big believer in, um, mentors and, and I would say that, you know, of course I would hope that anybody listening might have that, even if it's just that one person that they can talk to. And I think that a lot, even myself, of course, that, you know, even just saying things out loud, talking to somebody uh, about whatever it is you're going through and definitely, obviously, yeah, today, right now, there's, there's a lot of that. Um, but I'm also, you know, a lot of things may not be in our control. But my one thing my dad's always said is, you know, control the controllables. And again, for each person, that might be something different. But um, just going back to the simple example of, of the of the workouts, that's something that, you know, everybody can control that. There's no, you're not relying on anyone else. Um, everybody can tr- and control, you know, what time they you know, go to bed at night. Um, and I, I think it's just getting keep doing the things that you can you know despite what you're going through i you know talk to anybody that that has been a mentor or a friend to you um whenever i'm going through something it's you know probably my my brother my dad you know someone i'm going to get their thoughts on how, how you know what should i be doing here um someone like yourself as well uh especially from a business standpoint um but I think just trying to keep keep getting the wins that you can throughout the day that that you may you know a lot of other stuff we can't control. Um, but I think just for your own well being as well as just staying somewhat sane throughout what's going on, you know, just keep I think that consistency. I think consistency is a powerful word. Being able to do the things that you know are important, do the good times and the bad times. And whether that's just being there for your family, for your kids, um, showing up to to work, getting things done. Um, And of course, there's, you know, everybody's got different challenges and and, and struggles, but um, I'm, like I said, I'm I'm a, you know, guy of faith as well. So, you know, for me, it would be, Cracking open the word, even if it's for you know a minute or two, and it's amazing how much different that even just a minute or two can completely change your whole perspective on, on an issue or a
0: challenge or a struggle that you might be going through. Yeah, well said. I I, I just I think back to the many years we worked together. You're the, the word consistency that you just spoke of. Man, you are an incredible example of that. So consistency of the controllables, and I love that because the world around us, if it's not. Our income it's our marriage or one of our kids or or something and you know if, if the things you can control you lock in on man so you're such a good example of that where our book goes that the ending principle is impact you know anything and everything it starts with focus and what we're actually going after but then it really ends in impact and so just thank you tyler for being an awesome example of that i really appreciate
1: it ron thank you it's been a pleasure talking with you and you know thanks for all you you've done
0: If you enjoy this podcast, please make sure to subscribe. To stay updated on everything that the Action Catalyst is up to, make sure to follow us on Facebook and Instagram at Action Catalyst Podcast and Twitter at Catalyst underscore Action. Thanks for listening.